Christina Rodenbeck from the Oxford Astrologer, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and fellow astrologer, Sally Kirkman, to discuss the month ahead. That's the month of um, the Gemini month that runs from the uh, from May into uh, up until the solstice. Um, and I actually, uh, I just wanted to mention before we start that we've started a new and exciting little project, a side gig, an extra project, a little uh, a cherry on top of the Astrology Talk cake called Astrology Talk Investigates. And we've published one episode of that so far, um, which is entitled was Sherlock Holmes a Capricorn? And you'll have to listen to it to find out why we asked that question at all. But every month we'll be um, investigating a particular question from an astrological perspective. Um, so do send in your questions and listen up because we think it's kind of fun. And it's an evolving project um, sort of to have an in-between thing. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so, and also actually we're doing it slightly in honor of Pluto going into Aquarius, right? Because, because Pluto is the, um, is the planet of what's underneath of investigations of spying of detection, detection, et cetera. So we thought we would do a little investigative, uh, become investigative astrologers and see where that takes us, uh, alongside, um, this monthly forecast. Hello, Sally. Hello, Christina. Thank you for that, that lovely introduction. And yes, we snuck the Sherlock Holmes in with Mercury retrograde, didn't we? We thought we'd do it a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and see how it can grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I um, know. Exciting. It's an evolving project. So we'll see what happens, whether we end up investigating quite what we think we're going to investigate. Who knows? Knows, yeah. These, these things always—they're interesting when you start to actually do them, and they start to grow. Because sometimes they head off in a di- uh, direction you weren't expecting, or something yeah. else comes out of it. But yeah, it is a side gig, so we'll still be doing these monthly astrology podcasts and um, having a look at what's been and gone as well as what's coming up. I mean, it's been quite a blooming month, hasn't it? Lordy, eclipses, Mercury retrograde. Jupiter and Aries, which I, you know, Aries ascendant, but I found it quite, it's an adrenaline rush, but it's quite full on, quite manic, quite anxiety inducing as well at times. It's like, real kind of scream of astrology. That's, I feel a bit like that picture, the scream is a bit like that. How's your month been? Well, I got sort of slightly entangled in Mercury retrograde stuff. Mm. Uh, So I've had a few kind of, basically communications problems, which is very dull, but I have. Um, but, but that's been the downside of that Mercury retrograde. So, you know, internet problems, communications problems, but also, you know, meeting up with old friends. I've just been on a beautiful weekend in Wales um, looking at um, – actually, I've never been there before, but it was it was meeting up with some people that I meet up with every now and then. That was incredibly beautiful. And I have found this Taurian month incredibly beautiful here, uh, the flowers and everything. So I've really enjoyed that. I have to say that also these eclipses have been very intense. Mm. The in-between eclipse period. So there was one eclipse on the 20th 
of April and then one on the 5th of May. And that in-between period was like a turmoil. Mm. But uh, And then that went led into Mercury retrograde so that things weren't completely straightened out. Mm. And then I think from the 15th, things do, and this is also clients as well, things seem to have started moving forward. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, I had a lot of people um, saying that some things got sorted out that had been kind of stuck mm. Mm. Um, during that Mercury retrograde and that eclipse period, or just after the eclipse, actually, the second eclipse, that had been sort of stuck in the pipeline, like paperwork that needed to be done, mm. you know, it got uh, got done or yeah. some, you know, jobs that people have been waiting to hear about. They finally came through. Um, And so it seemed to me that there was a lot of sorting things out during that, this uh, Mercury retrograde period Mm -hmm. and the Jupiter and Aries, you know, I mean, we're, we're going into, you know, the month ahead really is the first month of Jupiter in Taurus, fully in Taurus. And I'm quite excited about that. I must say. Mm. Well, um, yeah, just to sort of recap on, the eclipses were powerful. Um, and what was one of the things that's been going on for me this past month is that I've had major dental work. Mm. And actually, weirdly enough, I had two appointments. One was on the day of the eclipse. It was the only date they had. Um, that was the Scorpio Taurus eclipse. And the other one was very close to that first eclipse. And that and that first one was a root canal. Oh, ouch. There's <laughs> major drillings going on. And it was the solar eclipse on Aries. And our cameras are like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting dental work because they are dealing with what's kind of dead and what's hidden. Oh. You oh. Know, what I, just, I just thought was kind of really lovely symbolism in a way. It felt perfect. And the one, the dental appointment that I had on the Taurus Scorpio one, looking at what's hidden and then revealing the cost of what it would be. To <laughs> and it's like quite a lot of money. And I was thinking, great, you know, we're on this money eclipse and what's been hidden has been revealed and it's going to be quite expensive to get it sorted out. So it was, I did, I did laugh a little. It made me laugh a little from the astrological perspective because it was such perfect symbolism. Well, I'm glad you can smile about dental work, Sally. That's, that's very cheering to me. Thank you. Thank um, you. Doing my best. <laughs> Doing my best to smile about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's my yeah. only actual phobia is dental thing. Well. I can't. Mm. And then just to say one more thing, I thought lovely on that. the That first eclipse in Aries, again, Aries ruled by Mars, which is often about rockets. It was the day... Elon Musk launched his blooming starship, SpaceX, on that eclipse. And it looked like it had been a disaster because it blew up. Hmm. But apparently it had been a success, which I thought was very good eclipse symbolism as well, because sometimes on eclipses, things that you think are disasters, things that don't work out, there can be a silver lining and something better comes along the line. So I did think as well that was rather lovely for the eclipses. So, yeah, yeah going on, but it's been intense. A lot of people have found this mm. quite uh, it, intensity is a word that keeps coming up actually for the mm. past months. So, mm. Jupiter in Taurus, hopefully, once we get into it properly, because it's quite a bumpy start to Jupiter into Taurus, hopefully, we'll be all be doing some kind of settling. I'm going off on retreat as well the first few days. So, settle, calm, quiet. 
that's what I'm looking for anyway. <laughs> uh, sounds very Zen, Sally. Mm. So um, we're getting into Gemini season, though. Yeah. Which uh, is not so settled necessarily. It's it's exam season in this country, of course, famously, which always, which I always think just fits perfectly with the Gemini mm. being about schooling and learning and communications. That you then you sit your exams when the sun comes in there, and there's a great focus on that. Mm. Um, mm. Gemini's we have known. What do we think of the sign Gemini? Well. We're, I mean, there are two huge Gemini's always in the news these days, you know, Johnson and Trump. But we know nice Gemini's too, right? Well, but it's we yeah, the politicians, Gemini's a very common sign, like those two we've just mentioned. And heaven forbid what's going to happen next year when Jupiter's in Gemini, but that's a year hence. We'll see. Will these Gemini's reemerge? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the media sign, isn't it? Um, I always remember when I was writing my Gemini star sign book, there's loads of rappers who are Gemini's, which, you know, makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It's the ruled by Mercury. There's that um, ability um, with words as well. So I thought it was great. There was Kanye West. I can't remember them. Lauren Hill, Hendrick Lamar, lots mm. of others I didn't really know. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're, yeah, it's words, isn't it? It's the linguist. It's the the media is often Gemini. Um, oh, when I did, yeah, because there was one also when I was looking. Um, the again, a, a singer I don't know, but her name's Princess Nokia. Oh yeah, Princess Nokia. I know. Yeah, I, yeah, I do know Princess Nokia. I can't remember what she said. What she, you know, she raps, doesn't she? She came. She was in. She came to England before the, before COVID. Yeah. Well, she's, I mean, she's a Gemini and she's sung a song called Gemini. And she calls herself Princess Nokia, which is me, a mobile phone name. I mean, she yeah. couldn't be more Gemini, could it really? Yeah. So there we go. Let's all talk about Princess Nokia. I need to find out more about her, really. I'm going to um, talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gives you a great facility with words and thoughts. And it's the first air sign. It's the mutable air sign, you know, at, um, like you know, I find I like Gemini's a lot because they can see like t- multiple sides of an argument, and if you really enjoy conversation, which I do, uh, you can get it. And conversing with a Gemini is often like conversing with like two or three people because yeah. you can get them arguing with themselves as yeah. well. You know, yeah. when when they start sort of thinking about this and then that, and then you know that kind of pers- so they're having it. You're having an extra person in the conversation, which is the other Gemini. Um, I love it. I I think it's a really fun sign. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not a sign that we associate with. Um, it's telling all the truth, but telling it slant, isn't it? We we don't associate Gemini with truthfulness necessarily. Well, no, we don't. I mean, we don't. There's two sides to every story. That's the mm-hmm. duality of Gemini. And ruled by Mercury, he was the trickster, wasn't he? He was the thief. He was the trickster. So um, it isn't a sign. It's not a sign that that's that's linked to the truth. Not at all. I don't. But it's think. also it's it's linked to exchange. I always think you know the exchange of ideas, the exchange of money. I mean, it's a mercantile thing. Mm. Uh, Mercury is is associated with um, trade. 
literally. He's the trade, you know, the trades, the merchants. Uh, God, isn't he? Is Mercury? You see him, see him over um, the statues of him. Yeah. In, uh, corn, I want to say the corn exchange and places like that, um, and on trading floors. You know, who's who's at work when when you see a big trading floor of sort of brokers and things? That's Mercury at work. It is. Um, it is, and also they use their hands a lot. Yeah. You know, Mercury, don't they? There's a lot of that kind of that going on. If you're on the video now, you can <laughs> see yeah. me trading away here. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, you're right. And, um, the marketplace is Gemini, isn't it? It's the wheeler dealers, the, you know, there's that other kind of trade that can go on selling your one's wares and, you know, swapping this for that. That's all very, very Gemini. Yeah. Um, what are you trading? Are you trading information? Are you trading money? Are you trading ideas? Are you trading things? All of those things uh, could come under this, right? It's just that it's like the swapping. Hmm. Um, and, it, you know, one of the things about the mutable signs, all the mutable signs, is they contribute to flow, you know, and we need things to flow. If we yeah. stayed in the lovely static world of st- Taurus, nothing would ever happen. Hmm. So we're bursting from that, you know, the intensity and fullness of this Ex- incredible spring it's been uh, almost exotic in the blossom here i'm looking out my window at my wisteria which is unbelievable this year um we're moving from that into the new season coming up to the solstice and that's you know we're getting into this airy flow um with gemini yeah and it's interesting as well that you know there's that mercury retrograde i mean you know, often things break down on it, or there's transport issues, all that sort of stuff. You know, there's, and now moving into Gemini season, it's perhaps a good time to try and sort those sort of things out. Although I have to say, Mercury's really dragging its heels in Taurus, isn't it? It's, it's not a happy placing, I don't think, for Mercury in Taurus. It's a bit too stuck, and and it's going to take a while yet for Mercury to catch up and join the Sun in Gemini. It will do during this coming month, but it's still taking its time. But yeah, get there till the 11th of June, actually. I mean, we've got a long time of Mercury and Taurus because it didn't go retrograde until it's quite late in Taurus. Um, so we've got weeks still of Mercury and Taurus. I see. I don't, I quite, I kind of like it because it means it's about getting things in the right place, Mercury and Taurus mm. um, and doing things in the proper order. In, in a sort of Taurian way, in a thoughtful and proper order, um, and I think that can be quite useful if your um, if your tendency is to scattering, you know. Um, and it's interesting having the because um, Mercury rules Gemini, of course. That's why we're bringing it up. So it rules the the Sun of the coming month. Mm. So we have um, uh, and and it also, but it also rules Virgo, which is another Earth sign. So Mercury also has that kind of earthy, uh, uh, an affinity with, uh, at least with Virgo, with with the Earth a little bit. Yeah, a practical well, side. Although Virgo is a mutable sign, you know, it's Mercury excels in the mutable star signs, doesn't it? Gemini, Virgo. I just think Mercury and Taurus is sort of stuck in the mud a bit. Um, <laughs> Said the Aries rising. <laughs> the let all the Geminis and Virgos, how are you doing out there with Mercury and Taurus forever? Let us know. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully the suns move into Gemini. We'll start to 
maybe release that or they can work together a little bit more, um, get things speedy up a bit. And and there is there is a sense of speed coming, isn't there, moving into this Gemini season? Because, you know, the sun moves into Gemini, which is quick. And then Mars also really around the same time moves into Leo. So the action planet is moving from Cancer, a water sign, where it gets a bit sort of deluged and slopping around and it's moving into fire and Mars likes fire. So Mars likes being in Leo. It's kind of loud, proud, dynamic. So to have the sun moving into Gemini, Mars moving into Leo at the start of this season, we may find that it's more social, more extrovert. Um, things get going, you know? What do you think? Do you think that's that's going to happen or do you want to sort of be in your garden so <laughs> I'm man. I'm in the garden the whole time. Um, you know, I am. Uh, what do I think? I think that it's mixed because I because basically Jupiter is in Taurus, and that is a completely different feeling from Jupiter in Aries. And the, I mean, if I were going to say what are the main things of this month, one is that there's Jupiter going into Taurus, huge, and Saturn in Pisces at a hard angle to the to the Gemini stuff. And both of those things to me are not about speed. They're about things breaking slightly, mm. uh, about not going full tilt. Mm. Uh, and also tour, you know, Saturn will go retrograde at some point this month. I haven't got the date. Uh, oh, 17th of June, Saturn stations. So I think some things are going faster and some things aren't. aren't. And I think it's a matter of working out for yourself which of those things you need to push ahead with and which you need to be more patient with. Yeah, and and I like what you're saying too because, you know, the Saturn in Pisces squares the Sun in Gemini, the Jupiter squares the Mars in Leo. So it is true that these kind of Sun and Mars just want to sort of rush ahead in their new star signs, but they've got to stop and think about what's going on. So shall we take a look maybe at the one of the lunations coming up? Would that yeah. be a good time? I mean, because the first, the first lunation we're going to look at is the full moon, which takes place on June the 4th, cutting across the Gemini Sagittarius axis. Um, moving into Gemini season, we had a new moon in Taurus on the 19th of May. So it's kind of new moon energy as well, moving into the new Gemini season. So the first lunation comes fourth um, of June, actually, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> I'd say, say where Saturn is. <laughs> Saturn's underneath the little yeah, the, the Earth. Where Saturn is Saturn underneath the little cursor that looks like an Earth? Because I was about saying, there's Saturn square the full moon, and it was hidden, hidden from view. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting. You were saying earlier that Gemini is the sign of media, which is certainly true, uh, and the, the sign of the information exchange, right? So what is Saturn and Pisces doing with that? And I I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot recently, and I think relates to this, is this, you know, the <laughs> what boundaries is Saturn putting in in Pisces? Because Saturn is about boundaries. It's about rules. It's about restrictions. And sometimes we need those things, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if there were no rules, people might not be behaving very well. Society wouldn't work very well if we didn't have agreed principles. 
um, and agreed ethics. Um, and I think this that in Pisces, Saturn is much more talking about kind of general. Pisces is a sign that's religious. It's spiritual when it's working well. When it's working horribly, you get Rupert Murdoch, who is a Pisces with Capricorn rising. In fact, he's quite a Saturnian Pisces. Um, But we need to think, we need to consider, and I think this is one of the things that Saturn and Pisces may be asking us, to consider our rules around media, right? This may come be very obvious during at this full moon. Mm. Agreed, and I mean, I mean, you and I were talking a little bit, weren't weren't we, about um, you know AI, mm. artificial intelligence, which has gone bonkers, um, you know, and there's both, <laughs> and we actually we actually did we put in, didn't we? Well, I did. I put into Chat GPT who are Sally Kirkman and Christina Rodenbeck, and it came up with this very sort of, you know, kind of comprehensive appraisal of who we are. But there were some inaccuracies in both, wasn't there? There were things they said in both that just weren't true. It's so, not even, yeah, inaccuracies isn't is the nice way of putting it. There were things that were false. Yes, there were falsehoods yes. in it yeah. that were completely not true. Yeah. Um, and basic, you know, fundamental facts that weren't true. But the way it's presented, mm. because it's written very convincingly, is like this is the truth. It's like the voice of God. You know, it's like the Reader's Digest used to be. You know, mm. this is what you know. It's written so convincingly that it sounds like the truth. Mm. And I think that's something that we need to really be considering at yeah. the moment. And as we were saying, Gemini is not a sign we associate with the truth. And yet here is Saturn and Pisces saying, well, what are the, where are the limits to this social media thing? And one of the um, things about the last 10, 15 years has been Neptune being in Pisces, suddenly no boundaries with all of this stuff. And here's Saturn coming up. When I say all of this stuff, I mean the internet world, the the world of imagination that we are sharing, the collective unconscious that we share on the internet, the images, the words that are swirling around, which Mm. is kind of fantastic, but Mm. kind of dangerous. And Saturn is coming along saying that maybe we need some ways, we need some rules for this, because if not, it will balloon out of hand. And we will, we don't know the difference between truth and falsehood. And we've, People have been saying this for years, that there's a problem with falsehood on the internet and fake news, you know, mm-hmm. and people not knowing, not being able to judge what's true and what's false, not through any fault of their own, but because of presentation. Mm-hmm. And also that mainstream media has been shown to be less reliable than we kind of maybe have had some illusion that it was a super reliable thing. Like, again, the voice of God. These are not the voices of God. These are the voices of people. Yeah. Yeah, and um, this this is the big Neptune in, I mean, Pisces is the other star sign that's very much linked to the media, isn't it? And television and, you know, it's it's the, the images. So the fact that Saturn is now, I mean, this, this, when you, if you're looking at this chart, the fact that Saturn's now in Pisces, it is, it's like a, it needs a, it needs a cleanup job in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the other thing that I did see that was happening is that there are writers and artists now who are going to want to start suing some of these AI companies for basically taking 
their work. I mean, this is the other thing. We've got so much work, haven't we? we everything we do is constantly on the internet. It's being shared on social media. But there are certain, I mean, I, I, there's certain writers and artists who are now going to start suing that, you know, these, yeah, new, and what's, ways of, these new ways of technology are taking taking their work. Um, and, you know, there's lack of copyright and it's just, well, yeah, I mean, it's blatant, just re, regurgitating it, re, redesigning it. So it something does need to happen. And I'm hoping, well, we're hoping, aren't we, that on this, it might, um, this month, there might be these new laws that come in. I don't know if they'll come in this month, but there needs, there's going to be a discussion about it because this is an ongoing thing with Saturn and Pisces. And also this theft of the thief of ideas has been, you know, we've both probably had our work stolen on various occasions and been scraped and been, I mean, on Instagram, I've had someone pretending to meet me on various occasions. I haven't checked again recently to make sure that they're not, yeah. but yeah, it's fake accounts and stuff. And that's really Gemini, actually, the faking of your account. Um, and it's, uh, and that's why it's also interesting, isn't it, that the blue ticks disappeared on Twitter when, um, actually when Saturn went into Pisces, uh, this sort of verifications, which was always kind of weird anyway. It's not particularly good way of checking that people are who they say they are. Mm. Well, um, they're, still, they're still there, aren't they? But I think you have to pay for them now. Yeah, but that's stupid because anybody can pay for it, right? Yeah. It makes no sense. It's not a verification. That's that's actually just a cost. Yeah. It's another way of making money on the internet, which is going to be part of Pluto moving into Aquarius as well. Yeah, yeah. and it's interesting that this one of the thing features again of this month, which I quite like, this from you know, really from the beginning of the month, is that Saturn and Jupiter are in um sextile with each other. They're in a very nice dynamic aspect, which is really helpful for, you know, earth signs and water signs in general, I think, mm. particularly maybe for Pisces and Taurus. Um, actually, particularly possibly for Taurus. I mean, I think that having that supportive link from Saturn is just really helpful. I mean, so Taurus, it may be that you're part of a group that supports you, a group of friends or a group of colleagues or a team or something that is helping you to really, really grow. Mm. And if you're not, I would suggest with a Taurus, find one because mm. this is a really good year for that, for mm. being a member of a group, but like maybe the leader or somehow it's helping you to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And that that um, aspect between Jupiter and Saturn does perfect on June the 19th. Mm. And it's already active, isn't it? In this full moon chart, Jupiter was the ruler of the Sagittarius moon. So it is a place to kind of find some stability, find some growth wherever it falls in your horoscope, actually. Yeah. I like it also. I mean, for, for, I like it a lot for Scorpio, um, in terms of somehow, you know, Jupiter now is in your sign of partnership. And it's getting support from Saturn, which is in this most creative angle of the chart. So for Scorpios, there's maybe some creative thing that you're doing with a partner or you're, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, you're making an incredible painting with a partner or something like that or writing a book or, or you're, or you've decided to have children, you know, and you're actually making a big effort to do that. So maybe somehow that you're having to work at having kids. Um, but there's a kind of, uh, 
intention and intentness about it. And the thing I love about um, Jupiter and Taurus is there's a purposefulness now about Jupiter. Whereas mm-hmm. when it was in Aries, it was just like, go, go, go. Now there's this purposeful, purposeful growth. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. aided and abetted by Saturn and Pisces for actually most of the year. These two are in pretty good contact with each other. Mm. And it's a reminder, isn't it, that, you know, slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely. It, sometimes in life you have to slow down to speed up. Um, you know, you slow down and you kind of get clarity of purpose and vision and know where you're heading. And then you start putting one foot in front of the other and you get things moving again. So, you know, that Jupiter Saturn, they are a reminder of that in, you know, not running away with things in this month, even though I'm still feeling very Jupiter at the moment. But hopefully after retreat, I'll come back and be slowing down to speed up. I mean, the other thing to note about this month, uh, you know, with that slow and steady wins the race, like where is that happening for you? So for Leo, that's maybe to do with your career, with the direction it's going. Um, And it's interesting that for um, Leo, okay, Jupiter is right at the top of the chart. We are probably possibly for many Leos at the height of a 12 year career cycle um, helped by Saturn and Pisces, and also by Mars and Leo this month. Yeah. Um, so you've got a lot of energy that you can put into your career. But what is that Saturn doing in the eighth house, Sally? What do you think for for um for Leos? It's something to do with investment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's you know it, it can consolidate, can't it? Saturn. It can consolidate. It could be doing the sort of right thing for your future financially. Um, or it could be, you know, I often think of Jupiter in in your career vocation sector. It can be a time when you want more freedom. So you might take a, you know, the money might not be as important, Saturn in the eighth house. Maybe you're willing to sort of live on less so you have more freedom in what you're doing moving forward. I mean, with these things, you know, with these, if you get a hold of the symbols, they can play out in different ways for different people too, can't they? So it depends on your current situation, what it might mean for you. But I think for Leo's, you're right. They've got to look at where they're heading and why and the financial implications of that as well. Um, And Leo's in general, I mean, you're going to have a lucky summer, I think, because of Venus is going to be in Leo for such a long time. And you also have Mars in Leo for a long time. Um, so there's a lot of like this positive energy behind Leo. And I think that that, you know, also Jupiter on the midheaven, which is what Leo has this year and into next year is often, you know, you get married or you move abroad, you know, it's an expansion of your horizons or an expand or, a, a, um, an enhancement of your status. That's really what the Jupiter up there means. And the, I mean, the cl- the classic other one is, you know, for Aquarians, you know, are you going to move house? Are you going to get into have a bigger house? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is fitting in with having less money, actually, for Aquarians, because the Saturn is somehow maybe saying about Aquarius, oh, you're going to have to tighten your belt this year. Mm-hmm. That, and you may have to invest in your home. Yeah. I mean, that's just a a little story that I'm uh, telling out of what I can see from the um, cosmic currents here. 
And it will play, as Sally has just said, it will play out differently for different people. But there is a story in here, again, for Aquarians about investment, and it may be investment in land, you know. Mm, Yeah, it could be. Or moving abroad as well with, I think, Jupiter is often, you know, it could be moving abroad and how that's linked to to finances. Also, I just want to, you know, this is the, this full moon cuts across the Gemini Sagittarius axis. And I think for both those star signs, it's important to kind of take a look at what that Saturn might be about. So, you know, for Gemini, you've got Saturn currently in your career sector at the peak of your chart. You know, you might've had, I don't know, a contract or job come to an end and you're having to think about the implications of that perhaps in your personal life what next for Sagittarius you've got that Saturn in your fourth house so it's kind of you know it's it's um it's about family maybe and the responsibilities around family um and what that means at this full moon I think full moons as well often they often bring clarity the light of the moon shines brightly on a situation and this feels like a good full moon to be making a decision to be looking at um, a situation Honestly, <laughs> you know, there's honest honesty is that kind of word that I think is needed as well at the moment. Look at things honestly, look at the reality of a situation and then make some key decisions based on that. And I also think that that ties in. Yes, I agree with all of that. And, um, you know, it's important just to emphasize, underline that for Gemini. This is Saturn in your place of career and vacation, it's the end of a 20, 28 year cycle. Okay. So some chapter is beginning, some chapter is closing. Um, and it can be a time of great harvest. Like, you know, you get that of, of, of maybe of all of your years of education, for example, you've been at school for 14 years or at university or whatever, and now you get your degree. That's what this is like this um, sign. And it's going to be in that part of the sky this year and next year. So there's not like a cut off, but Mm -hmm. at this time of the year, when the sun is in your sign, you know, may become very clear. And when you, we have this kind of interesting full moon. And also I would say, you know, that full moon week, you know, as the, the moon, uh, as the sun has been sort of squaring that. So the week leading up to the 4th of June and then leading away from it, you know, this is the, the a big emphasis is on that particular square. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the other thing that this ties in with a little bit, just for people to consider, is uh, Pluto in Aquarius, right? Which is about to, Pluto's about to go retreat out of Aquarius back into Capricorn, where that planet, the planet of wealth, power, um, the underworld has been. Uh, has been in Capricorn since 2008. It's about to go back into Capricorn on the 11th of June. And we're going to, and we'll stay there till the end of the year, right? So we're, we're still in this end game of Pluto and Capricorn. Mm-hmm. But it's worth considering at this point what Pluto, those three months of Pluto and Aquarius have showed you, if anything, um, for, for all the signs, maybe particularly Aquarians, you know, have showed you about the possibilities of for the future of the next 20 years. Um, and I feel that this, um, you were saying, you know, that uh, Gemini and Sagittarius should be sort of considering these very long-term things because of where Saturn is. Same for uh, Pisces and uh, Virgo, 
you know, Saturn is on critical angles for all of the mutable signs. Yeah. Um, and you should be considering this long future, this long-term uh, cycles rather than the short-term cycles. A lot of astrology overemphasizes the short-term and doesn't look at these long-term things. Mm. You're coming to the end of something. Mm. For, so for Pisces, you know, this is uh, the last time Saturn was in Pisces was in the mid-90s. Right. So worth looking back then and thinking what happened then? And, you know, what is coming, what cycle is coming to the end for me now? Mm. Um, and ditto with, with Virgo, but it would be to do with partnership probably more. Yeah. Yeah. It is. There is, I mean, also just picking up on what you were saying about Pluto, you know, as soon as Jupiter moved into Taurus, it squared Pluto, didn't it? So there is very much, I think, a, you know, what are we letting go of? Or what are you letting go of? What is coming to an end? It's it's the theme with Pluto as well, going back and forth out of this, you know, back into Capricorn, this, it only got to zero degrees Aquarius. What needs to be let go of? What needs to be rejected or discarded with Pluto? What, you know, what do you want to kind of raise to the ground in some way? It can be quite a a major ending with Pluto. But it's a bit of a theme at the moment, you know, holding on holding on to a lot. And actually it's, it's interesting because I'm just thinking a lot of clients at the moment talking about letting go of stuff, discarding, mm. getting rid of possessions, things they too much stuff. Mm. Um, and I, I do feel like that that's kind of a bit resonant at the moment within the, you know, the current site guys, this, this need to, to let go and discard. And I yeah. wonder what too is about, you know, the Pluto and Saturn being so dominant this month as well. And interestingly enough, I mean, we haven't even mentioned this yet, but we will, is that not only is Pluto going back into Capricorn, it's at zero degrees Aquarius up until the 11th of June. It's and, and it's squaring Jupiter still. I mean, it's only three degrees. They're only, there's only three degrees apart, right? And it's also squaring the nodes, which so we've had eclipses that have been taking place in Taurus, which is the sign that is a very material sign. So it's literally materially about people letting things go and throwing things away. And that is one of the themes of the eclipses we've had over the last couple of years. You know, these eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio is like, um, and I noticed that there was someone sent me a really interesting article in the New York, from the New York Times about the transfer of wealth from boomers to millennials that's taking place and this is also about wealth transfer the this nodal axis Mm -hmm. Um, this is going to be happening a lot you know as the boomers basically die off they're going to be or and in fact they're actually transferring their wealth earlier than that because for wealth management and interestingly enough they're transferring it from one generation to the next, but there's no distribution across society. It's still staying, staying within the one percent, you know, the one percent or the ten percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just about to say those lucky boomers who've got the wealth to be passing on, you know. <laughs> I was thinking the lucky millennials necessarily apply to everyone. <laughs> no, but the transfer of wealth is happening, is beginning to happen now, and that's to do with this letting go. And I think it's also to do with this Jupiter going through that north node yeah. um yeah exactly lucky lucky millennials to have the parents who've got the cash to give them stuff and i think that's partly what this article was about is actually it doesn't apply to most people which no. is pluto in aquarius is where i was getting to because yeah. aquarius is the 
you know, most people, right? Well, what, what some of the boomers need is for the millennials to do really well, <laughs> then to look after the boomers. That, you know, we'll have a different kind of transfer or sharing. Um, but yeah, need the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, interesting, interesting article. Yeah. Um, just one more thing to say about this uh, full moon, and then perhaps we should move on. Um, the Mercury-Uranus, there's a Mercury-Uranus conjunction I, I noticed in this as well. So, you know, I love Mercury-Uranus for kind of insights. Um, you know, it's that like sort of little light bulb moments that come on. So again, at this full moon, use the clarity of the full moon to kind of really be insightful and and listen to your insights intuition um, to make some key decisions around this full moon. I think that's quite powerful. And I would also just say that, you know, although we're moving into Gemini month, there's so much power still within Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. Taurus and, you know, that because Jupiter is in there for the rest of the year, the North Node is in Taurus until July. Uranus is in there for another couple of years. Mercury is in, has been in there for a long time because of the retrograde and it won't leave until whatever it is, 11th of June as well, I think. Mm. Where there's, you know, we have Pluto going into Capricorn and Mercury going into, uh, finally going into Gemini, which is quite interesting. So there's a bit of a, um, that's a day which trembles a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, Mercury is this conjunction of Mercury and Uranus happens, you know, uh, it's quite important for people doing exams. I think that you suddenly have the download that you need. Quite a good day to take an exam. Yeah, it would be. Would yeah. be. Yeah. You can locate stuff in your brain quickly. Find all the little different boxes. Oh, it's in there. Let's take it out and use it. Um, so, so yeah, look, yeah, it is. Let's look at the next one. Yes, I think I think so. We talk quite a lot about different themes, then bringing them into that full moon. So, I mean, just to say, Venus does move into Leo. I think she was still in Cancer at the full moon, but she moves into Leo on June the fifth. And we'll be there for an unusually long time, won't she? Because until October, because Venus turns retrograde in Leo this year from July 23rd to September the 4th. And I, I'm, you know, that's not the time to get married, have cosmetic surgery, make big investments because Venus rules love, beauty, money. But Venus in Leo, the whole summer feels, I think we might get some sunshine um, I hope so. But it does feel quite indulgent and about doing more of what you love and, you know, just sort of finding the juiciness and the richness in life with Venus in Leo um, for a long time. So so Leo, there's a lot going on in Leo throughout, you know, from now until kind of the early autumn. So Leo's, you're on. This is your chance to put yourself first, do more of what you want to do, make your mark be seen a lot happening in leo um yeah i think it's really important um i always pay a lot of attention to these venus you know when venus is in a sign for a long time mm. um whether it's retrograde or not you know that its presence there is mm. positive i think um it's just not positive as you say for plastic surgery in particular or for Big ticket items, you know, luxury goods, which may be very tempting to buy some kind of luxurious stuff. Mm. Actually, you know, if you're going to go shopping, buy the junky secondhand thing. 
Mm. Um, and then it may turn out to be worth more valuable than you thought, but don't go for the expensive thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, you know, it's both Venus and Mars will be in Leo yeah. for quite a while. So you've got that hot positive energy and that more smooth, sophisticated energy. Uh, I'm just thinking of a kind of jazz quartet or something, you know, <laughs> <laughs> playing together in Leo. Because, of course, Lilith is in there as well. And she's like the, the moody uh at base maybe um, yeah it's the lovers of the heavens i love the fact that it, it feels to me like venus is chasing after mars like hang on mars i'm coming here i am but never quite gets there because of course then she starts to slow down to turn retrograde and mars dashes off um but yeah it might be worth thinking who or what are you chasing after um as well this this summer that I would think applies to Leo Aquarius possibly Aries too they're the ones it's maybe more romantic or love oriented as well but yeah chase after them nonetheless it's going to be fun with all that Leo energy yeah it's very good for Aries isn't it I mean that I think they almost benefit almost more than any other sign uh with Venus and Leo even more than Leo's maybe um yeah very very nice thing when you have that uh Con- continuous trine ongoing trine from venus in the, that part of the sky it's all about romance children fun playfulness mm. theater all of those things are highlighted with venus there it's delightful yeah sure, i think it's pretty good for sagittarius as well yeah maybe for long distance romance which is always a a, a phrase that sagittarians love anyway long distance romance <laughs> um, Long yeah. adventure, um, yeah. also with Mars there, um, and and it's a reminder to take a holiday. Yeah, you know? and, this, and maybe this applies to, you know, this it does sometimes feel like life is so relentless and and you get caught up in things, you know. And I think this Venus and Mars are saying, look, we want enjoyment, we want sunshine, we want fun. Take a holiday you know, check out from the business of life and and do more of what you love as well. So I think that applies to everyone. Book a holiday this summer. Although I think Taurus might be having a staycation. Um, they might. They it, might. It looks nice at home for Taurus. Yeah, staycation. Um, having having everyone round. Yeah. Inviting yeah. everyone to open doors at Taurus's house. We'll all be round. <laughs> yeah, it's all barbecues, happening there. Barbecues in the garden, maybe. And also with Jupiter and Taurus, they, they they need to be hospitable, right? It's like, open the, you know, invite us around, Taurus. I can see it's all looking very good, Chez Toi. Mm. So, yeah, I do love all that Leo energy. And um, this, for those of you on looking at the video, we've now got the new moon up, which takes place on the 18th of June. And the sun and moon are kissing in Gemini towards the end of Gemini. Um I don't know that they make any major. Do they make major planetary? There's a oh, there's a square to Neptune, actually, isn't there? This is an exact square to Neptune. Again, I mean, this is back to that whole everything that we've been discussing, these themes of lying and truth and media and et cetera. It's very good for storytellers, that square. Mm. Um, Yeah, Yeah, and Mercury's in Gemini as well by mm -hmm. the 18th, and it rules the new moon. So that's in Gemini. So... 
great for storytelling, but yeah, the truth again, where's the truth of a situation? This is this is good for kind of fantasy, isn't it? Making yeah. the role of the imagination, the role of the dreams. It could be a wonderful new moon for dreaming, um, square to Neptune, but wary of losing yourself. Um, you know, maybe that's the case for both. Gemini and Pisces, you know, because Neptune, you can lose yourself in things that aren't good for you. You know, massive binge watching or the rocky drink and drugs road. It's it's be wary of the sort of addictive nature of Neptune at this um, at this new moon. And, and also, there's so many things to get addicted to. <laughs> there are. There are. And we all, you know, it's health. There's nothing wrong with a bit of healthy addiction. We all need a bit of Neptune in our lives, for goodness sake. It's good to have things to lose yourself in. But yeah, yeah it, it's, you know, it's it's healthy addiction. Also for Libra, I mean, Neptune's in um, sixth house. Yes, sixth house, which is your health and lifestyle sector. Mm. Uh, so just be a little bit, bit wary, I would say. Um Venus, Venus is just needs to hang out with their friends all summer. Yeah. Leo energy friendship sector. It's mm. all about friendship. And maybe holidays too for Libra. Because mm. the new moon is in your ninth house of travel, study, new beginnings. Start something new on this new moon. New mm. moons are wonderful for setting your intentions, writing things down, speaking out loud. Um you know, and and making making intentions on a new moon is a great way to use new moon energy. I kind of like, I mean, this, this new moon, it's interesting that it just makes that square. Um, it's also making conjunction to Juno, if you're wondering what that little symbol is, which is the queen of the, um, the queen of Olympus, you know, that is somehow being crowned. And I wonder what that is. Um and I, I think for, I think it's kind of good for Gemini's is there's something in here possibly about being recognized. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I like what you say for Libras about friendship because mm-hmm. I think that's also true for Gemini. You know, yeah. this is a summer of friendship, mm-hmm. uh, in a really delightful way. I mean, maybe your next door neighbor or, or it's also a summer where you may get much closer to one of your siblings. Um, it just looks very friendly for Gemini. And I wonder if it kind of really, mm. it doesn't, you know, it starts earlier than this 18th of June new moon, but this is like the season opening up of, of, and also for, you know, if you're looking for a partner and looking for love, Gemini, the, this person lives near you. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and actually you may get noticed somehow, I feel, with that Juno making the conjunction there. Mm. It's like you get crowned somehow. Um, um interesting month, I think, for Capricorn. Because, you know, Gemini is it's in the sixth house, which often suggests kind of busyness. Um, you know, you've got often got quite a lot to juggle or deal with. And those squares to Saturn as well, that square to Saturn at the full moon and Saturn being quite dominant during this month. You know, I do think it's it's important for Capricorn to take things steady, not take on too much, not be pulled in too many different directions. And um, if you were born in late Capricorn, you know, you've got Pluto coming back. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, and this is also the, the, you know, the next bite at the U.S. Pluto return coming up. Mm. Um 
when Pluto goes back into Capricorn mm. on the 11th and, and then stays there. And mm. this is, it's be interesting just to note this month from the 11th onwards. Are you noticing that Pluto back coming back that just that shadow, that's unfinished business, something yeah. to do with that. Um, and it'll be interesting also to watch the news. I think I still think there's more stuff to do with banking to come with this. Yeah. No, um, I'm sure. I'm sure. And that's, that's going to be ongoing, isn't it? Until the end of 2024, which is when Pluto finally leaves Capricorn. Also, I think for cancer, notice that Pluto going back into Capricorn, you know, cancers do cling and hold on. And is there a sort of relationship or partnership in your life that you've sort of fallen back into, not necessarily out of choice, but maybe out of habit or, you know, because the other person says so, or I don't know, it's about, it's the, it's about the balance of power, possibly being out again in a relationship and keeping an eye on that um, this month too. Yeah. And you, I mean, cancer, you do have a lot of support from other places, you know, possibly even institutions. If you have a difficult person to deal with, uh, yeah. ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the law is not a bad recourse also just to sort of taking the worst case scenario for cancer, mm. but you have got this help that's available to you. Yeah. The, the other planets. And it would actually be a really good month if necessary to go into counseling for cancer. Yeah. If, if there's something you want to sort of get off your chest or explore or talk about, particularly with, you know, the, the new moon in Gemini falls in that most personal inner hidden sector of your horoscope. And it's about expressing yourself. It's about communicating, talking about what's going on. Wherever Gemini falls in anyone's horoscope, it's about what, what do you need to express? What do you need to say? Um, you know, it's about keeping the lines of communication open. It's about exploring, experimenting while the sun is in, you know, mutable star sign. Explore your options. Try out different ideas as well. I think that's very much, it's a positive way to use Gemini season, actually. Do you want to have a quick look at the solstice chart? Or shall we save that for next episode? No, I don't. <laughs> no, let's, <laughs> let's save it for the solstice. No, I kind of feel, you know, we should begin on that, really. How are we doing on time? I think we've nearly, we're probably almost at an hour. So I think we've talked enough. I think we've um, talked enough. It's Gemini season. Let's not rattle on with the um, solstice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So see you guys next time at the solstice. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about the solstice and, and what's happening then. Yeah. Right. All right. Thanks so much. Anything else you want to say, Christina? I just want to say have a good month, everybody. And just keep in mind that these dominant themes that we've talked about. And also, I just want to mention that the the Jupiter North Node uh, conjunction, which is pretty close for most of the month, is partly about, you know, either sharing your wealth or getting rid of stuff. Or um, it's, it seems to me quite a positive conjunction mm. if you're generous. Mm. So I would say my thought for the month is, you know, be generous. Yeah. And that perfects, I think, at the beginning of June. So, yeah, lovely, lovely theme of generosity, kindness. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so much. 
and we'll see Bye. you next time. Take care.